This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Welcome to the Cinevals. I'm Camille. And I'm Allie. And today we're talking about Pollock. Just Pollock. And not the fish. That's right. 2000's Ed Harris vehicle, Pollock. Yeah, 2003? 2000. 2000. Oh, 2000. The dawn of the millennium. Y2K, a brand new century. What do you think the millennium will bring? Um, that was a rap that we wrote for my grade six Christmas concert, which was in 1999. Wow. Nice. There were hand actions Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I wore red lipstick. Wow. Mm -hmm. A couple of milestones then. Yeah. Nice. Very exciting. Um, did you also happen to see Pollock in theaters that year? Nope. It was rated R for some reason. Yeah. I think because of the swearing at the end. Oh, oh yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but which I wonder what if there's like a clean edit of it for either TV or like clean video store. I wonder what I mean. This I guess... is what happens when you yeah. fight a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> I wonder what. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. This is this is your first time watching the movie. Tonight, Indeed. Right? Yes. Same. Have you seen? Okay. You. Great. We're both coming in cold. Mm-hmm. I don't even think. I was aware of it existing. Absolutely not. Until the DVD appeared on our coffee table, (laughs) I did not know that it was a thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, I like this movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really well performed. It's very Mm -hmm. arty. Mm -hmm. Made me really angry. Made me really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made me realize that I don't understand art. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend this movie to anyone who is either currently an art buff or art student. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say art buff. Maybe that's... Art buff. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is also Hi, my name. my name is Art Buff. Yeah, that's I'm my visual architect. artist name. I'm Art Buff. Nice to meet you. Um, or anyone who doesn't know anything about art, uh, like myself. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fun romp. It's not a fun no, romp at all. It's, it's a, a sad it's biography. Sad. Oh, Jackson um, Pollock was a very um, tortured person. Mm-hmm. And he took it out on the people closest to him. Mm-hmm. As well as himself. As well as himself. Yes. So, yeah. oh boy. Um, so, uh, how would you describe the role of Val Kilmer in this movie, Allie? Uh, periphery at best. Mmm. Yep. Spicy. That's, that's pretty good. That's exactly where I'd go with that. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think of the films that we've watched so far, which is, um, hovering around 25, uh, for the podcast, Mm -hmm. would you, would you say that, but like, where is this falling in terms of a mat, like volume of Val, volume, if you will. I would say True Romance has more scenes with Val Kilmer in it than this movie. Yeah. Is that right? There are three scenes with Val Mm -hmm. Kilmer in True Romance, I think. There's Mm -hmm. just two. 
So it has the same amount of Val Kilmer as True Romance. Right. And he talks more in True Romance. He ta- he has more lines in True Romance, yeah. but you get to see his face in this one. Mm-hmm. Boy, That's what a face. the trade. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching the movie, and I don't know if it, it was you or Greg, but Greg. either. Yeah, and Greg said, Who? He pops. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. It's movie true. Star. You know, which is interesting because, like, the movie is about modern art Mm -hmm. and for a movie about art i found for the most part there wasn't a ton of like color didn't really strike me a lot in the movie but val kilmer struck me in the movie (gasps) whoa hollywood bam yes and with that we're also going to introduce our special guest for the episode is greg greg wilson oh hi producer greg's in the house Mm -hmm. yep i'm here i'm here for whatever whatever you need um uh, need another water no, I'm good. I have good, <laughs> Camille. I'm drinking. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a uh, bubbly. Can I get you another uh, bubbly, or perhaps a Red Bull? Oh, thank. Oh, I'd love a Red Bull yellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bubbly boisson en base de petillante. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, looks good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce Cute. that one. Yeah, petit petillante. Petillante. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm not in the Amethyst League. I'm in the Amethyst League of Duolingo now, everybody. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> um, I'm in the Sapphire League for mm. Japanese. Nice. Yeah. What's congratulations in Japanese? Uh, Omedito? Omedito, Ali. Oh, God. Oh, no, no. <laughs> now you're on the spot. Oh, God. Now you're on the spot. Kanpai is cheers kanpai alley and thank you to our sponsor bubbly yeah if you'd like to sponsor us please send us an email at the cinevals at gmail.com um greg what'd you think of this movie um i don't think i like it um as a movie or like the content of the movie as a just i i don't think i i I like this movie very much Mm. um Mm. it's it just strikes me as just one of those like um uh, wasn't wasn't he wasn't he great but he was also bad Mm. and here's his rise and fall and it's it's a biopic i don't like biopics guys Mm. if anything i feel like it's more about lee yeah, definitely. They do a good job of of that, but um where I like I'm not going to I'm not going to double down on it and say it's a bad movie. Absolutely not. I think it's a very good movie. Um but, but how it's made, I think for a biopic it's actually kind of interesting, especially in has in, in Ed Harris's restraint. I I had, I've always liked Ed Harris as a director and what else has he directed? The only other movie I've seen that he's directed, and this movie has, uh, I think, is directed well, uh, is Appaloosa, which is like just a really quiet, restrained Western movie. Hmm. Like this is a very quiet, restrained biopic hmm. in a lot of ways, hmm. um, and that's what I like most about it. The problem is it's a it's a biopic about something that I'm not <laughs> that I don't really care about, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I that I do after this movie because it mm-hmm. felt very inside to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's really a way around that because he made it the way he he could as honestly as he possibly could and obviously with deep reverence to this man and to this woman 
who Ed Harris, I'm talking about Ed Harris, who he admired very much, just doesn't doesn't land for me. In the words of the of the film, the picture missed. Ah, a. It was almost there, but it missed. Mm-hmm. Paint is paint. Surface is surface. Why can't we just what? let it be that? I want art to be good, Pollock. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Have you seen, um, what is it? What's the Jake Gyllenhaal art critic, Velvet Buzzsaw? Buzzsaw. Yeah. That's I, fun. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. And it I seems think... like it's taking the piss out of art. art? Totally. And it's also, like, I think it also illuminates, like, how much sway critics have over mm. things. Um, yeah. Yeah, because there's, in the in the biopic we just watched, one of the main critics was, like, a was, like, obviously influential and also was obviously very good friends with Jackson Pollock and yeah. Lee Krasner because he's like at their house yeah. like out in Long Island. They're playing constantly. Cards. Yeah. So they're like they're good friends. They have mm-hmm. a deep relationship. He's also good friends with um Peggy Guggenheim. Like yeah. gives them his start, <laughs> which is pretty bonkers. Yeah, and um they borrowed the money from Peggy to buy the the farmhouse. Oh that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's she's like his she's like his main early supporter, but he's got yeah absolutely like, In, like she gives the him a stipend. Sense of the form. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. it goes through it goes through his life and it goes through like, oh he wasn't he was a struggling artist with nobody liking his stuff, and then he meets Lee Krasner and she's. I, I don't I feel like she's more proactive than him totally a she sees things in him she knows how to talk the talk and walk the walk mm-hmm. she gets people over to the the house to look at the painting she's yeah. talking to the right people she's talking him up and they start on I don't know it's so sad because she's no. also a painter she's yeah. still remembered by history as like being a great painter mm-hmm. but it's like in in like their second scene, she's invited him to come to like her her studio to yeah. see her pieces, and he says, "Oh, you're a great woman painter." Yeah, which I think you sums it up. Her painter. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the late '30s, early '40s. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I guess that's just. um and then i just think it's like when peggy guggenheim comes to the house and walks into lee's studio she's like lk who's lk i didn't walk up five flights of stairs to see lk and then goes into pollock studio and is like oh no this is something like that's just really it's such a bummer yeah but it's like a but it's it's one of the strengths of the of the movie and of uh, Greg, like you were saying, like Ed Harris's, I guess, restraint, maybe, or also maybe Jackson Pollock's just real life story of what happened is that when when that scene happens, Jackson Pollock's just kind of chilling by the door, and Lee chimes in right away with like, "Yeah, he is a genius," and like, "Look at the colors over here, and look at what's happening here," and like immediately starts like talking him up and like romancing all of the paintings to her, and they're getting going talking about his art. And that's sort of like a theme throughout the movie is all of these, I mean, it's mostly those two, but like these mm-hmm. ladies who are around who are like, who are really like propelling him forward and holding him up mm-hmm. and protect, 
protecting him and so, like they're doing a lot for him yeah and he's kind of like just sort of like i don't know bopping around i guess yeah just drinking mm-hmm. yeah Woof. it's an impenetrable character yeah yeah truly it's one of the things that kept me from i guess enjoying it i i have a hard time when i just can't understand the the motives behind so much of what a character does mm. um and like i i get his motivation it's that is he's he's a chaotic person mm-hmm. right the, no matter what his issues are he is a chaotic person because of them mm-hmm. and so he will do things that are chaotic in nature however i just don't see where it's coming from he's just so inscrutable mm-hmm. well i mean it's it's thought of that he was schizophrenic and depressed um, or suffering from depression um, and he was he obviously was self-medicating with alcohol and was he like sober for 10 years or he's two two years, two years? that's very impressive yeah yeah yeah, and in the movie, it's they talk about those two years as if it's like it's really beautifully done in the movie, um, and they talk about the, those years in regard to his career as being his his best, mm-hmm. his artistic peak. Mm-hmm. He peaked, man. And I wonder this might be uh, this might be kind of artsy fartsy in itself, but I wonder if because um, I agree about the like he's a chaotic person, he's a troublemaker. And we see all of the, we see his actions and we see the consequences of his actions and we see the ripple effects, but we don't, like you said, we don't get, there. there's no flashbacks in the movie. There's a slight time jump at the beginning mm-hmm. that's like, here he is popular nine years earlier. He wasn't. Let's start the story yeah. there. But other than that, there's no like time jumps. There's no flashbacks. We meet his family, but we don't hear any stories about like when you were a little boy blah 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 da 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 kind of thing and the paintings and like the parallel I draw is like I also find his paintings are that like they're chaotic and they're troublemakers and I and I also don't understand what's behind them like there's not really like there are scenes where they talk about oh what what is art but I don't get anything from it yeah partially because I don't know anything about art but also partially because like I don't like there's never Jackson Pollock talking about like this painting is about bleh. and when he tries to he fails completely yeah yeah he's like you don't need to know what the meaning is behind a field of flowers to like looking at them <laughs> his interview he's so full of shit yeah. and yeah. the the good stuff the good stuff that he gives later on in that like uh dictaphone interview Mm-hmm. Um, like when he's like, I'm going to ask you the question, then I'm going to pass you the mic and you can answer it is so clearly written for him oh, by yeah. Lee, yeah. who is sitting right in the background out of focus yeah. saying like, mm-hmm. you need to come off this way and you need to say these things because this is what I see in you mm-hmm. and you're terrible at articulating why your art is good. Yeah. But I am so good at it, I will make your paintings worth $100,000 by telling people why they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that scene is my favorite scene in the movie mm. because he's speaking so well and he's reading it from his <laughs> hand. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, she's really in the driver's seat. And so is uh, so is the performance. Yeah, she's like so good in this. Yeah. yeah, and Ed Harris, as a director, to his credit, um, throws the camera on her a lot, a yeah. lot mm-hmm. to get to make it her perspective. Um, and this is also one of those movies that is like. For the Oscars, complete category fraud. You know, like this isn't a supporting <laughs> performance; it's a lead uh, performance. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's but like it's the year. Like in her year, she uh, mm-hmm. evidently had a better chance of winning supporting, so they ran her in supporting. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and it's one of those awards that's going to be like, oh, she's going to clean up all of them, yeah, all of the precursors, everything, and then she's going to win the Oscar on the night. Mm-hmm. It's it's a done deal because it's a mm-hmm. lead performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also very good. Yeah. She's really, she pops. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, doesn't, you yeah, know? Like, she's like very unassuming, um, but like super powerful. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it feels like a performance. No. At all. Even like her little accent. Yeah. Like there's an accent. It's, it's period. So it's the forties and the fifties. Like yeah. there's, yeah, yeah, there's nothing like performative about it. Totally. She's just good she's just mm-hmm. really good yeah yeah i like lee krasner yeah do you have any do you have any fun facts for us about her like the real life person or her work or anything um mostly so i have her wikipedia page up because mm-hmm. i do really good research um so she was like actually a pretty well established artist before she met um Jackson Pollock. Hmm. Um, but then they they met and th- uh, the relationship overshadowed her career. Um, and so uh, there was a little cross-pollination between their styles, but because of Lee's training, which was like much more um, like much more formal, um, hmm. she basically like really influenced and in, and ultimately enriched um Jackson's uh creative output output mm. um so it says um the depiction uh, so her training was more formalized especially in the depiction of human anatomy and this enriched Pollock's more intuitive and unstructured output so i think that really like is a good uh it really distills their relationship whereas like um so like you have jackson pollock being this chaotic um unstructured dude who just like i'm just gonna paint and then um krasner comes in and is like but what are you doing why are you doing it and like Mm -hmm. and um and yeah it's like ultimately like is is the like structure in which uh, Jackson Pollock can reach the reach the heights that he did? Right. Is it yeah? Because it, it's like a perfect storm that seems to come together. Like Lee comes into his life, he's doing this kind of work at this particular time. Um, he despises a lot of his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they happen to know, like, and then Peggy Guggenheim comes over yeah. and 
funds his work and then it just, it starts to catch on and it's interesting because the very small amount i know about artists and famous art is you know like uh, the trend predominantly is they're either a small amount are very famous and well-known while they're living most of them it's well after they've died and then everything is you know sells for millions and millions of dollars and jackson pollock kind of had a bit of both of those like yeah. he wasn't popular then hit and then um the critic character played by Jeffrey Tambor mentions like, hey, you had a good 10-year run. Totally. That's great. And they're selling for a ton. They're obviously living off of that um, and and plus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then he had a dip again. And then after he passed away, um, which we learned was in a car accident while he was driving drunk. Yeah. Uh at 44 um then shortly after that there was like a there were a number of exhibits and he mm-hmm. skyrocketed as yeah. a seminal american painter yeah so, interesting and then i think it's really the reason i think like ultimately like this is more lee's story is it ends with i mean i guess it's not lee's story it's obviously about pollock but the <laughs> the like end title is about Lee and how after Jackson Pollock died, she went on to like do her most colorful and bold work. And so it just seems like, oh, like very soon into the movie, I was like, oh no, is this going to be a story about how this talented woman suppresses everything to... Mm-hmm take care of her tortured husband and like ultimately like that's what it was about Mm -hmm. but life is long yes life is long and Mm -hmm. and lee krasner went on um went on he was only 44 yeah and she probably wasn't much older she lived to 75 there you go um and she's got um she has a retrospective show in the moma Mm. um yeah and it's like She's cool. Mm-hmm. She believed in life after love. Hell yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in a way, <clears throat> in a way, it's like because she has such a long life ahead of her. And mm-hmm. uh, as far as her life goes, it's a relatively short period of time that she's with Jackson. Um, They're like, that's just like a a, a really long project for her in a way is like yeah but also in a way like if for someone uh for a woman existing in that time period she would always be known as jackson pollock's wife Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is really frustrating considering it was such a relatively short part of her life Mm um yeah to be like the biggest thing that you did was help someone else do their best and then i mean i guess it's beautiful and like lovely to be able to do that but if it if it wasn't for someone who was abusive Mm -hmm. then yes that would be very nice but in this situation it's just like kind of a bummer yeah and there's no it's interesting because we get like there are specific lines throughout the movie where he does acknowledge, like, oh, we've got some extra money. We're going to build a little studio for Lee. She needs some more room. So, mm-hmm. you know, I with those, I can see 
in this character's mind, he's benevolent and like, hey, I'm allowing my wife to do painting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supporting. Like, I, I would see that that character would think that's really supportive and that's really like, hey, look how modern we are. Like, she's painting. I didn't even force her to have a baby. I just told her I wanted it and then I broke some shit and I yelled at her about it and I bring it up a lot you know but I'm not forcing her kind of thing you know so you're like oh I I see that that person thinks these are all good decisions and we and we get we get a lot of like and then the camera cuts to Lee after Jackson's doing a thing and she's working on something like Mm -hmm. she's making a mosaic on the like on the kitchen table at one point she's painting something else like Mm -hmm. we see that she's still working but it's always in the background and like and generally in the scene what it is is cut to her and she puts it down because there's something happening with Jackson or there's some kind of news and he needs her she needs to go to him so I think I think those things are kind of cleverly acknowledged in a way that makes me sad but I think that's what I'm supposed to feel. Yes. I guess. So. Yeah, it feels very intentional. Yes. It's not a situation where it's not like a it's not like a Vin Diesel situation where Ed Harris <laughs> is just like afraid to be uncool. Mm, yes. Yeah. Very <laughs> uncool in this movie. Yeah. He's never afraid to do that. He's like so many of his characters are just pieces of shit. Yeah. That mm-hmm. are just bad because that's his hit mm-hmm. you know like yeah. he's a he's a cantankerous man and he plays uh stern angry and cantankerous yeah. very well Ooh, maybe yeah. Yeah. the best in the biz um yeah fair yeah and he does what um all three of those in apollo 13 which he should have won his oscar for I can't believe he doesn't have an Oscar. It's yeah. wild. Early on, Allie, like almost immediately, you remarked, I can't believe Jared Leto has an Oscar <laughs> and Ed Harris doesn't? Yeah, that's a travesty. What? Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Get out of here. Come on. Yeah. You should, yeah. Jared Leto, if you're listening, we know you are, you should <laughs> give your Oscar to Ed Harris. Yeah. One, he a hundred percent deserves one, mm-hmm. and two, you, you don't. You, you don't. You got a big. You got time. You don't. You got thirty seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> He's young. He'll walk again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Ed Harris is seventy. Yeah. Is he 70? Yeah. He looks so much older than that. <laughs> I know. He looks 70 in this movie. He, he truly yeah, does. Yeah. I think he's always looked 70. He looks mm-hmm. a bad 70 at this mm-hmm. How old was he when he did The Rock? Uh, 90? Still 70. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he looks 49,000 years old in The Abyss. Yeah. yeah. Which is also a brilliant yes. performance. So and, good. And in Westworld, he looks dried out. <laughs> he looks 200. Yeah. A husk. A husk of a man. <laughs> yeah. He is a and raisin. And yet the same. Yes. yes. Same as The Abyss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. He looks so similar. <laughs> He's in... just a little, little less hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. He was overhydrated in the abyss. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was the water problem. Everywhere, huh? yeah. He's underhydrated in Westworld, so dry and dusty. Because it's the desert. <laughs> yeah, grass doesn't grow in westerns. No, mm-hmm. it's too dusty. Yeah. yeah, too much horse. It's the horse Juice. bowl. Horse bowl. Mm-hmm. Dusting around. Mm-hmm. Horse bowl XXSL. Horsey thirties. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Val Kilmer's in this movie for four seconds. He's got an amazing wig in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, or I do you think they just dyed his hair? No, it's a oh, wig. It's, yeah, because it seems like it's got a really particular swoosh, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a thousand percent a wig. Perfectly quaffed. I like, it when, I like it when he's blonde. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. he's blonde in pretty much everything. Yep. You just like it. Yeah, I think I just, yeah, that's it. He's I just a blonde think, actor. I just think he's attractive. Mm. <laughs> I was racking my brain to think of brunette performances. Bruce Wayne, maybe? <laughs> no, I think he's blonde. Do, do I, they let him stay blonde? I think he's blonde as Bruce Wayne. Holy let me look it up. Holy shit, I thought he had a brown. No, I, honestly, I think Mind Hunters. No, he's got his quaffed mm. long blonde sandy blonde hair no it's like it's like a light brown sandy oh, blonde the doors. is he is he is he it's a bra- yeah jim morrison has like brown hair yeah um as a project we should just put a, a list next to the official list just listing the hair color that he's got in each movie and there's got to be some kind of correlation a top 10 correlation is, okay, is that brown hair or blonde? That looks like blonde at night. That's an amazing name of a cologne. <laughs> eh? um, I guess that, I think that would be, I guess it would be right in between. I would say that's light brown. Really? Yeah. I feel like as, as soon as he walks into daylight, it's going to be like, wow, that guy's blonde. Oh, are there any scenes in daylight in that movie? No, it's oh, Batman. Oh, of course not. <laughs> oh. I'm going to say it again. Because I said it during the movie, there is a man who has played Batman <laughs> in this film, and he has less time on screen in this film than a crow. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> they had a crow. They had a crow trainer who, and like the crow was in like four or five scenes. <laughs> extended scenes this crow is featured in this movie Mm -hmm. this crow is probably fourth build (laughs) right above val yeah the man starred in top gun yeah Mm -hmm. he what happened what what happened to this man (laughs) like this has to be a cut for time performance i don't Oh, we should see if there's any special features on the DVD. Oh, we should. Um, I wonder. So this is the year 2000. This is coming off of Red see, Planet. Red, yeah, Red Planet would have been filming vaguely around the same time. It would have been right after. La, uh, sorry, it would have been right after At First Sight. Mm-hmm. Um, before Salt and Sea started filming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number of duds there. Yeah. Uh, is it, is it yeah. at first sight? After, so it's this period right after the saint. Where he tries right? to, where he tries to hold on. I think that was the on. big reach, was yeah. the saint. Mm-hmm. That didn't go over mm-hmm. like Mission Impossible, so. <laughs> Have yeah. you read that on, on air yet, or is that an inside joke? Oh, no, oh, it's in... Yeah, it is in his. Um, I mean, we'll get there when we get to the saint eventually. But yeah. in in Val's autobiography, he does spe- like specifically <laughs> mention he made the saint in order to make a a, a Mission Impossible movie mixed with James Bond. Like yeah. that was his intention. It's the perfect vehicle, which makes sense. It's the perfect like, idea. Totally works on paper. Yeah, yeah. A thousand percent. That's why they made it. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And guess what? That movie is perfect. Yeah. Okay. It fucks. God, I love that movie. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie since I watched it with you the first time, mm-hmm. which which, was... spa- which inspired this podcast. Indeed. It's going to be lovely to revisit eventually. I've <gasps> seen that movie 30 episode. times. Yeah, I bet I've seen it that much too. Yeah. I would buy it. I, I would rent it from Blockbuster for the weekend and I would watch it all weekend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did have everything, didn't it? Yeah, I know. I I know. I've said this sometime before, but that movie, uh, as as a child, I thought that movie was the most exciting, most romantic, best movie ever. You know, I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Fusion physicist. Cold fusion. Cold fusion physicist. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Dr. Elizabeth Shue. Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a doctor in that movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Probably several times over. Yeah. Mm. You gotta be to get to cold fusion. <laughs> yeah. You start with warm fusion. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. That's the everyone's mistake is they go for the warm mm-hmm. fusion. Nah, man. And you go with lukewarm fusion, mm-hmm. then cool fusion, mm-hmm. then cool hand fusion. Then you shoot up to hot fusion. Yep, because you're like, ah, nothing's working. And then mm-hmm. finally, cold fusion. Cold fusion. You learn to just chill. Yep. Take it easy. Yep. Uh, next level, bold fusion. <laughs> also a wonderful cologne name, bold fusion. <laughs> Blonde From, at night. Yeah. Bold fusion. They're really good. By, by direct. <laughs> by by Cineval. <laughs> by Severtech. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a side note. We recently rewatched Spartan. Spartan. Just for fun. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the episode on Spartan, which is a Val Kilmer movie, he's phenomenal in it. He's he, so good. he is easily, obviously, the main character. There's, so there's tons of him yeah. in there. There's lots of volume. I'm going to keep using hey, volume. Yes. Yeah, definitely yeah. patent yeah. pending. Oh, yeah. yeah. Check out our TM. episode on it. And also check out the movie. It's so good. It's Watch so it first. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really excellent. It's mm-hmm. our number one right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Has anything, I know this is completely off of, of Pollock, but has anything come close to now that you've seen it again recently mm-hmm. and have seen a lot of Val Kilmer movies since then and beforehand, has anything mm-hmm. come close to even touching it? Uh, no. 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 It's no. pretty it's pretty far away. I would say it's a good twenty to thirty percent ahead of Heat, which is number two. Yeah. And Heat's still fantastic. And heat is movie. really good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of ranking, should we unveil our ranking for this movie? Power ranking, here it comes. It has not cracked the top 10. Mm-mm. It is coming in at 11. 11. So to our top 10 has remained unchanged for a while, but it is. Uh, actually, no, because we swapped uh, Salt and Sea and At First Sight. Mm-hmm. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is on kiss, the kiss, top BB. 10 now. All right. KKBB. KKBB. So our top five has remained unchanged for a while. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number one, we've got The Spartan, followed by Heat. And then the classic top secret, Batman Forever, Alexander, Mindhunters, Bad Lieutenant, 
deja vu, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and at first sight. It's just a great list. <laughs> Thank you. We're very proud of it. You should be. It's it's a it's just such a unique take. <laughs> <laughs> Please elaborate on that, <laughs> Greg. Uh, Pollock, as it as it sits now, is one above 1993's Tombstone. Oh, did I not? So. Did I just go to at first sight and did I not say Pollock was right after that? Yeah, that's right. You did. That's exactly what you did. <laughs> I mean, people would I'm assume. Sleepy, you guys. People would assume. Yeah. Okay. So it's at eleven. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's right in between at first sight and tombstone. Mm-hmm. So let's say that he had a larger role in it, mm-hmm. just for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say that Val. Let's say that that was like a fully fleshed out character, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. he say he was the critic character, just to easily change out somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Would that would that increase it in the ranking just because he has more screen time, or is this movie such a downer to watch that it just belongs there? I mean, when you're thinking of at first, okay, so it's really competing with at first sight. Mm-hmm. Okay, and which is absolutely it's not competing with Mind Hunters though. How dare you? This absolutely is insane. Not. And no world. Um, no. Have you wa- seen mine? Did you see mine? I'm done. I'm done talking about it. it. Did you just watch it, Greg? I could watch Mindhunters again tomorrow. Do you want to? Yeah, I do. Legitimately, I do. Yeah, Um, let's do it. (laughs) Mike will be down. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's interesting because Paul, I think he's still perfectly cast as um, de Kooning, who is a Dutch-American artist who we we see so briefly in a couple of scenes. You're right. He pops. He says, like, four things. They're all great. And, like... He's one of his contemporaries. At one point, they were friends because they're in this little, like, artist collective, like, mm-hmm. smoking and drinking in some bar together kind of thing. And they're kind of, like, gentle jibing each other, kind of giving yeah. each other little roasts. And so if if that role was expanded, we get these little hints of, like, oh, well, de Kooning's got a got an exhibit yeah. at the moment. Everyone's really into it. And then mm-hmm. he's furious about, and, like, that rivalry like Val Kilmer fucking nails rivalry it's Top Gun it's art Top Gun so it would be it would have been great for that to be expanded I can see if that was left on the cutting room floor if they were like no we got it we have to focus on Pollock and Lee and this is getting this is this is getting in the way yeah or maybe it just was there wasn't enough there in real life to yeah stoke that kind of thing but I don't know, but I think it would stay in the same spot for me. Yeah, me too. You had mentioned uh, how good Val Kilmer would be as Jackson Pollock. Mm. And I super agree. I think he would play, I think he would do a really good job at that role. Mm -hmm. And if he was Pollock, I think that might bump it up a little bit higher for me, but... But uh, who's to say? I mean, Alexander's up there and he's a piece of shit in Alexander. That's true, but he's so good. His 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 part, and especially in the in the ultimate cut, mm-hmm. his part <laughs> is so good because he gets like a lot yeah. of these extended monologue scenes, mm-hmm. and he fucking nails them. And it's he's really so hard to do that at an Oliver Stone movie because he's cutting around you all the time. Yeah, and he uh, got one fucking eye. Yeah, and he's got an eye. He's got one eye. Yeah, he's only got one eye. Uh, no, I think he's excellent. In those movies. Oh, both of them are. Like uh, Angelina and, and Val Kilmer. Like they're yeah. like, Bam. oh, so good. So yeah. good. Val Kilmer, here's a hot take that movie we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. So taking into account what we just said about Alexander mm-hmm. and Pollock, 
Val Kilmer is one of these actors who ends up playing characters that I'm like, I wish the movie was about that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I could see a movie about, I, that's purely about Iceman. I could see a movie about yeah. De Kooning. I could see a movie that's just Angelina Jolie and Philip mm, fighting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I could see, even though, like, whatever, I, I didn't love Tombstone. I'm not super into Western. Yeah. But if there was a movie that was just Doc Holliday, totally. like, how... How did he end up with tuberculosis? Yeah. That also, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't say that of every fe- every every actor who's featured in a movie, but like it's consistently a lot of Val Kilmer roles. Totally. Well, I mean, the his character in Heat, Chris Chihurlis. Absolutely. Oh, totally. As after he leaves, I would one hundred percent watch the TV series that they make about his character in Mindhunters. Oh, oh. before he gets dismembered. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In a world where serial killers have taken over the United States. In a world. So we fund all of our <laughs> agents and send them to private islands so they can figure out some sort of Agatha Christie mousetrap. Fuck yeah. Yes. His character in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. That's a solo movie. Absolutely. It's a TV show. It's yeah. definitely a TV show. Yeah, this. Uh, I think this actually tracks. Yep. Um, which actually, I think fits a lot into what he's trying to do in his post 90s career mm-hmm. in his in this um 2000 to 2010 era mm-hmm. where he's trying really hard to be a character actor. Mm. He's too handsome. That's to his be problem. A character actor. And that's why I don't think he would actually play a very good Pollock because he pops too much and he's so mm-hmm. imposing. He's a tall man. Mm-hmm. He's a Hollywood tall. Yeah. And Ed Harris is very is is not very imposing. He's like he's he he seems like he's like he's a dock worker. Yeah. You know? Like just a just a normal guy who you'd find in New York and that's really really important for Jackson Pollock to be that. Mm. Um and I just don't think Val is that because he's too chiseled. He looks he he's so grand compared to other people on screen right. somehow he's bigger than them somehow how he is, has a shadow but do you remember his like nerdy reporter character in the saint but of course oh yeah with the teeth yeah, yeah. i feel like if you can if he can do that he can do anything then that's the that's the best part because he's about to like yeah. he's mm. he's getting there right yeah I think this is like his one of his first ones, but he's about to do it again really soon in Masked and Anonymous, which I just saw the like I think it's the one Val Kilmer scene in, and mm-hmm. you guys got to see this. Ooh. Yeah, he's a uh, he he runs a petting zoo, uh, <laughs> and he uh, and he talks in Bob Dylan lyrics. It's great, fucking crazy. And his scene is just basically a two and a half minute monologue where he's just. Spewing words at Bob Dylan. It's Amazing. great. <laughs> um, I feel I have a feeling that that movie is going to make no sense in context or out of it. So great. have fun with mm-hmm. that, guys. Great. Okay, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he plays that character, and then he do, goes on to do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then he 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 does these like pop up roles in Mine Hunters as well, mm-hmm. or it's just end in um, Wonderland. Mm-hmm. He's not the main character. He gets the and in Wonderland. Oh. Um, he, and he does this in the first half of the 2000s where he's just like, I, he's trying to find a niche and he does it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then I guess he just like, they, the, then, and, and it's like that, that, that horrible thing in Hollywood where it's like, well, you're not, 
you're not you don't have a weird enough face and you're too and you're and, and you're not bankable enough to be above the title on a your in an action movie so you're too mm-hmm. handsome sorry bud you're going direct to video yeah you're mm. you're too in between at yeah. this point yeah oh that's so sad yeah yeah but this is kind of like a golden era for Val Kilmer character acting roles yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. cuz like his one starring performance is Spartan yeah yeah, true. Of the of the Kilmer songs? Yeah. It's like, this is it. This is his big role. Everything else he's going to be um, and Val Kilmer or yeah. with Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah. Or fifth build. <laughs> yeah. In this right movie's case. Crow. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well. Jackson Crow. Yeah. That's what they named him. Mm. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's in this movie for a couple minutes. Yeah. Right at the end. Yep. yep. She's in it more than Val Kilmer. Yep. Yep. Not that I'm resentful or anything. <laughs> this is right before she wins for A Beautiful Mind. Ooh. With, oh, yeah, also so. with Ed Harris. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. She's gonna win her. She's gonna win her only Oscar. For that movie. So far. Hmm. So, so far. far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is great. I, yeah, she's so good. I mm-hmm. love Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite Jennifer Connelly movie? You know, well, Labyrinth. Yeah. But in as a serious like adult mm, actor movie, uh, House of Sand and Fog is really well performed. It's devastatingly upsetting, though. It's so upset. It's like a Greek tragedy. <laughs> like, if you haven't seen that movie, it's really good it's i was watching so it sad. with my dad and we had to stop the movie so we could both go cry oh <sighs> oh wow oh man yeah oh god that movie's sad <laughs> it is greg have you seen it no it's don't it's very Thanks good for no. for the recommendations don't do not see it. Well, oh, my parents good. bought it, so maybe I should watch it. Yeah, I won't watch it with you. Okay. That's fair. That's more than fair. It's too it's got sad. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sure does. Yeah. Opposite Jennifer Connolly. Yeah. 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 Um I think my favorite Jennifer Connolly movie is she, She's in Little Children, right? Sure is. I think I like hmm. that one. Although Thinking about it, I think I just like the people who are... I don't remember what it's about. I know Patrick Wilson and Kate Winslet are in it. And they're having an affair. Mm -hmm. So he's cheating on Jennifer Connelly with Kate Winslet. Mm -hmm. Um... And then meanwhile, only in the movies, guys. Right? Uh, Yeah. Meanwhile, what? (laughs) Jackie Earl Haley is local pedophile recently back on the street. Yeah. He's pedophiling around. Yeah. I just the only thing I remember about that movie is when he goes to the the public pool and like jumps in the pool and he's like swimming around and there's like this really creepy underwater camera of like children's legs and it's like the middle of summer and then like parents start being like that's the guy get your kids out of the pool and he's like snorkeling around and then he surfaces and everyone's out of the pool and people are like holding their kids and like everyone's just staring at him and he's just alone in the swimming pool with like a snorkel 
find a secret. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's really striking. That's a, also an upsetting movie to watch. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly, you do Requiem yeah. for a Dream. Like oh, she knows, no. she's got, <laughs> she's in there. Yeah, yeah. that, that would have been my favorite if you asked me 10 years ago what your favorite Jennifer Connelly performance was. Yeah. Not so much anymore. No. I mean, no. Mine's Hulk. I like Hulk. Ooh, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Hulk? No. Ang Lee's Hulk? No. Well, we got to see this. Great. With with Nick Nolte. Ah. He's like, uh, they'll all pay for what they've done. And then he just bites into an electrical cable and turns into the absorbing ma'am. This is uh, Edward Norton? No, this Eric is Banna? Eric Bana. Oh. He's his father. <laughs> Greg Windsor, Nick Nolte cast coming out. <laughs> what a fascinating guy. What I a, could uh, not pick out Nick Nolte. Like if I met no. him daily and someone yeah. was like, Nick Nolte is your boss. You if didn't we know that. we together like, at 7-Eleven, I'd be like, oh. Sure. I was in Lorenzo's oil. What would your Nick Nolte cast be called? Um. Uh. uh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Nolte's. Storties. Nolte's Storties. Storties. We should make sure the dot com is available. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> uh, spilling the Nolte's. Mm, yeah, that's good. No way, Nolte's. Nick and Nolte. <laughs> Nick's Elodian. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> With an exclamation point. Oh, I got Nick. it. I got it. Nick and Multi. Who's Multi? Like <laughs> Nick and Morty. Oh my god. Oh no. No, that one's not good. Oh. Uh, uh. Well, I didn't say, oh no, that was Camille. <laughs> I, I'm going to own it. I said, oh no. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, Multi. Oh, that's, uh, that's fun. Well, Pollock? Yeah, Pollock. Yeah. 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 Camille, what would you rate this movie? Uh, you know, uh, like the six and a half uh, splatter ends out of ten potential uh, fucking uh, painting verticles. Uh, Hangs beret on wall, <laughs> dusts hands. Well, art completed. Oh, bu- 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 yes, Allie. Um, I would give this. Uh, also, six and a half. Uh, premature ejaculations. Ayo. Out of um, uh, ten torrid affairs. Nice. Do you want to, right before we get Greg's rating, do you want to know a fun fact about Peggy Guggenheim? Yeah. She claims she's slept with over a thousand men in her life. Good for her. And get she, it, Peggy? Wow. Yeah, she lived all of her later years in Venice, where there's the Peggy Guggenheim Museum, and it's like on the Grand Canal, so the water goes right up to it. Hell yeah. um, and she collected a 
ton of art, and she uh, was was one of the members of the Guggenheim family, who I learned were were uh, had their wealth from mining, early mining and smelting in More America. Like Guggenheim, yeah, that's right, Guggenheim. And uh, there were her father, um, who had ten Guggenheim. Heim siblings, so it's a massive family tree. Her father died on the Titanic. Oh, oh. drowned. Went down Whoa. with the ship. Oh my god. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, Boys. here's some facts about Peggy. Guggenheim. Oh, is that the is that the old man who has the chair when the boat's going down in the movie? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Like one of the ones who's like, we're going down for brandies and cigars. And you're like, the water's coming up. Yeah. What's happening? They have yeah. like gloves on? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, the, he has like the monocle is like my word. And it's like. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Is that him? Maybe. Seems like a rich guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I remember being like, Mr. Guggenheim, aren't you going to get to the lifeboats? And he's like, no. We'll, we're going to die. Yes. I prefer to die. My manservant would also like to die. Yes. I, I don't want to have to get on to the boat with the poors. Hmm. Not for me. Not for me. It's like, sir, don't worry. We're not allowing the poors onto the boat. <laughs> Believe me. They are locked in the bottom <laughs> with the rats. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, what would you, what would you uh, rate Pollock? Three out of five exquisitely trained crows. Very nice. Very nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's definitely not like a favorite movie of mine. Mm-hmm. Um but there's oh, I you, I fucking crushed it. Yeah. I just looked up the picture of Benjamin Guggenheim from the movie. film Titanic and wow. it's exactly who I was thinking of. Amazing. Good totally job. Wow. <sighs> Do you feel vindicated? I'm vindicated. I selfish i am wrong now i have to put a disclaimer on this podcast it was less than 15 seconds <laughs> no it's i i don't i i always like to put a disclaimer if people might get vindicated in a podcast <laughs> oh for the vindication not for like yeah. the copyright infringement yeah Great. just oh, okay. like heads up if you're gonna listen to this you might get vindicated you might get vindicated mm-hmm. yeah and that should be a choice that i think would be my superhero name the vindicator i am the vindicator <laughs> and anytime someone is in an argument and where they're being like gaslit mm-hmm. i will show up to prove that they're right you know that's um that's a rick and morty episode is it yeah it's called vindicators 3 return of world ender oh yeah are yeah. you sure it's not a rick and Morty episode <laughs> You know what? I'm not. Uh, I think you mean a Nick and Nolte episode? I thought you said multi. Multi. Yeah. I did say multi. <laughs> but you gotta get Nick in there. Otherwise, the whole joke goes all apart. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was people's sexiest man alive. In the early nineties, Nick Nolte. No, yes, that's not real. That was people's sexiest man alive. No, that's gotta be. No, it's gotta be like a Berenstain Bears. Thing. I used to be pretty. Now look at me. I'm your father, Bruce. 
no. Yeah. I don't buy that at yeah. all. Oh, oh um, no. Here's a quote, a uh, thing on the Wikipedia. No. <laughs> That's the photo they chose. Right? That's the photo it's they so chose. Bad. Was everyone at People Drunk that year? I don't know. Did they not know that Val Kilmer was alive? Yeah. What year was that again? 1992. Oh, come on. Come on. He's like in his late 20s at this point. Yeah. He's two years away from playing Batman. Mm -hmm. Come on, Life Magazine. Yeah, come on, Life Magazine. The fuck? (laughs) I am upset. (laughs) I am very upset. Uh, Ed Harris, this is on Ed Harris's Wikipedia, it um, it says that he's considered the thinking woman's sex symbol. Ed Harris? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Which kind of seems like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. To me. Am I not a thinking woman because I don't want to fuck Ed Harris? See, there it is. Then, then you're like, well, I better not. I better agree or else people oh. will think I'm d- a dumb Oh. Uh-oh. And you're like, damn it, he tricked me again. Yeah, oh. I did forget that Val Kilmer was blonde in every single movie he's ever been in. It's a weird neg, isn't it? Yeah, it like, is. It's like a really like removed one, but it's still there. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder where that was written. Yeah, I wonder if he self-edited it. Oh, I highly doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt he even knows what Wikipedia is. Mm. Um just doesn't seem like that kind of guy mm-hmm. he just seems very curt and professional yes mm-hmm. totally just yeah. he's like he's here to do the job yes. and mm-hmm. woe betide though who those who are not <laughs> woe betide woe betide a new cologne by greg <laughs> you liked it's gregoire night. pardon me <laughs> Gregoire after dark. It gets a little blue. Bold fusion. (laughs) Now introducing Woe Betide by Gregoire. (laughs) For dogs. And humes. I can tell you my favorite scene in this movie. Sure. Yes. It's when he got that dog to come over to him when they got to the farm. That was really nice. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was superhuman. And not superhuman, but I mean like extremely human moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, when they when they got to the to the farm, and like they're walking like arm in arm there, and it's like it's like oh we could do this over here, and he's like yeah come on I want to show you something maybe you can put a make it make a studio over there for you yeah. you to paint. Um, it just seemed like they were they had each other's backs in that moment. Yeah, and it was like really really nice. They were a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good ADR moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, mm-hmm. usually those things are just impossible. Yeah. Mm. What's your favorite scene, Camille? Uh, you know what? I do really like that scene where Ed Harris is painting the big mural for uh, Piggy Guggenheim. That's my favorite scene. Really? Because mm-hmm. we don't hear. And Ali, you pointed this out um, not too long after that scene that we don't hear. There's almost no score. Yeah. The movie, but we do hear it when he's painting and that was the first time i noticed music in the movie and mm-hmm. so it's just ed harris fervently painting this like 20 foot long canvas yeah. and he's just using it's very satisfying to watch him use a ton of paint yeah. i'm sure there's an art term for it but like the the this the brush is never dry it is yeah thick. um yeah and it's just like a montage of him making that 
that work and it's exciting to watch. Yeah. It's before he discovers the drips and the splatters. Yes. I also would say I think that's my favorite painting that I've seen of, from the movie mm. of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Neat. What Maybe was I'm your... not a splatter gal. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you picked another, a different favorite scene, what would it be? Um... I think I really like the scene when uh, Lee and uh, Pollock are coming back from their like date and it's this really cool shot of like Ed Harris in the studio and you see this long hallway and it's like this really extended shot of like her taking off her jacket and then like putting it in the putting it in the closet and then her going to the bedroom and like taking off her skirt on the way there. And like, it's very, it's very like, I don't know. It's like very arty and like the image is like very evocative. I just love the, Mm. the shot of like him in the foreground, like mostly looking at her paintings and then all of a sudden like realizing that she's there and she's like DTF. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I do also. I also shout out to the crow, but I like that scene where Lee's like describe. It's like when he's had his really great big show, and she's just like talking about how good he is, and the mm-hmm. and she's sitting on a chair, and the crow is just sitting beside, like sitting on the edge of her chair, like oh yeah, like really close to her shoulder, and just she's just like chilling out in the chair while this crow's like. Just chilling. Yeah, we don't see the person she's talking to, so it seems like she's almost just talking to the camera. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's great. I think that's actually my favorite scene. Mm, yeah. Nice. Great. There's, I was just looking up the uh, 2001 Best Supporting Actress nominees, uh, who she was uh, nominated alongside. Was The Crow nominated? No, actually. The Crow was, uh, they, they found out mm-hmm. later was male, so got put over into it's the these gendered categories best oh, act, doesn't matter best supporting yeah. actor category sorry best supporting bird that's my bad mm. it's not an actor mm-hmm. it was best supporting bird mm. category invented yeah. only for that year this is a great yeah. bit and they didn't um, win yeah. no well, big bird didn't. had that big solo show so yeah, yeah it was big bird on broadway that yeah. one supporting so actor another beat. example of category fraud um <laughs> <laughs> sleepy <laughs> i'm sleepy it's midnight all right <laughs> no tell What's us about fact? the thing yeah, yeah tell us no about it's the just uh, it's just like she had this in the bag the whole time <laughs> who else was up there uh francis mcdormand for almost famous okay also and kate hudson also for almost famous oh, okay. this is the one that like people thought she was she had that one mm. but then Marsha gay harden comes along and uh in a role that is a lead performance Isn't kate hudson also like a lead in almost famous uh, it's, it's a much more ensemble movie yeah. than, uh, than, than this one. So you could argue that almost every performance in that movie is supporting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it makes, it makes sense Okay. in the long run, it, but barely. Okay. Yeah. Um, Judy Dench for Chocolat. Yeah. And then Julie Walters for Billy Elliot. I, I think Marcia Gay Harden had this locked Ooh, up. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Who was in the best actress category that year? Best actress. Yeah, like what did they decide? Like, oh, 
mm, let's let's put her in the smaller one and then she'll be in, she'll get that oh, one for yeah. sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh Joan Allen for the contender, Ellen Burstyn for Requiem for a Dream. Oh, mm. she won, right? She didn't. What? Um, <gasps> robbed. Juliette Binoche for Chocolat. Uh, Laura Linney for You Can Count On Me and Julia Roberts winner for Aaron Brockovich oh yeah yep if uh, if you had to go up against Julia that year you're not going home with anything yeah. mm-hmm. Julia I... Gulia mm-hmm. <laughs> well well bye, bye.